Dr. Katrina Fury, a psychiatrist. And I'm Portia Pendleton, a licensed clinical social worker. And And this this is Analyze Scripts, a podcast where two shrinks analyze the depiction of mental health in movies and TV shows. Our hope is that you learn some legit info about mental Mm -hmm. health while feeling like you're chatting with your girlfriends. There is so much misinformation out there and it drives us nuts. And if someday we pay off our student loans or land a sponsorship, like with a lay flat airline or a major beauty brand, even better. So sit back, relax, grab some popcorn and your DSM-5 and enjoy. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. A lot can happen in 3 years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome back to another episode of Analyze Scripts. I'm Dr. Katrina Fieri, a psychiatrist, and I'm joined as always by my friend and colleague, Portia Pendleton, a licensed clinical social worker. Thanks for joining us once again, or if it's your first time, welcome. Um, Today, we are going to be talking about the film by Darren Aronofsky, I think I'm saying that right, Um, The Whale, which... um, Recently, Brendan Fraser, who stars in this movie, won an Oscar for Best Actor. So we're pretty excited to talk about it. Yeah, Brendan Fraser is like all over the place. He just seems so precious. <laughs> and um, that's a perfect word to yeah. describe him precious. <laughs> I like that. It means like, I don't know, I want like him to be, I want good I want to things take care of him. him you know? I know. I want yeah. him to have like a serenity garden mm-hmm. with a little quiet waterfall yeah and some butterflies yeah that's what i want and all the awards and accolades that he deserves so Mm -hmm. i think a lot of people remember him from um, george of the jungle Jungle. (laughs) you know the big shirtless buff Mm -hmm. man and then he was in um like the mummy trilogy Mm -hmm. um and then he kind of stalled for a bit i thought like maybe he just was like all right i'm gonna i'm done now yep so we um I think we've learned more recently. Mm-hmm. I don't think that this really came out of the time, but he um, did report a sexual assault in two th- two thousand three mm. um, by Philip Burke, who was the then Hollywood Foreign Press um, Hollywood Foreign Press Association president. Ah. So I think this kind of piggybacked on you know what we've seen before, like the Me Too movement mm-hmm. and. Um, What's the guy's name? Harvey Weinstein. Har- like a Harvey Weinstein mm-hmm. kind of situation. So, and and I think Brendan Fraser, you know, can can be added and welcomed into, you know, the Me Too movement. Yeah. He put himself out there as a young man, 30s, um, back in the day. And, and what happened is really normal then, right? It kind of got mm. brushed in the rug. He was blackballed by the I industry, know. not kind of, um, you know, his name was not brought up for things. And, and I think it's just such like a beautiful story that now he got this opportunity and he just like knocked it out of the park. I mean, he got, yeah. I think, an 11 minute standing ovation when this film um, was shown at like the Sundance Film Festival. Like mm. people are just loving him and yeah. his performance. And it's, um, I think it's like, 
kind of shocking, right, mm-hmm. to see someone who was like George of the Jungle or in these other sure. roles that weren't so deep and emotional right. um, to to really perform yeah. in that way. Yeah, I think there was also some sort of, um, I don't know about controversy. I don't think that's the word I'm looking for, but I don't think he went to the Golden Globes specifically mm-hmm. because um i don't think he felt supported right. when all this yeah. happened and he continued to take a stand i was really proud of yeah. him for that yeah. really proud of him for that yeah i think he just is i you know i hope that he's being welcomed back with kind of open arms into a supportive and mm-hmm. um you know getting the credit that he deserves yeah yeah, yeah. and i hope he's had some good therapy mm-hmm. along the way yeah yep so the whale has kind of like a little bit of an interesting story i don't have the details exactly in front of me, so I'm kind of just going to recall it. But I, it was based on like a play, mm, um, oh, I, and I it's was been around it forever. From. Like the script hmm. has been floating around for I think like the past 15, 10 to fifteen years. Oh. And there's been like different directors, different producers, different um, actors kind of floated around with it. At mm. some point, I think that um, oh, he's the host of the Late Late Night Show. Seth um, Meyers, no, um, uh, Stephen he's Colbert, from England. The redhead, yes. Uh, or, um, no, James Corden. Yes, yes. Okay. As a potential, he was going to play. <laughs> oh, um, that's this character random. Feels I'm so totally glad not a good. He fit. didn't. Yeah, yeah, I'm really glad. I didn't know he was an actor. Yeah. I, I, hmm. I don't know. That's what I saw. Um, so <laughs> according to the internet, which yeah, is always to right. The internet. Um, so I just think like it's been a, it's a, it's an interesting path that both like the whale yeah. I feel like in one sense has had and then Brendan Fraser and I feel and like they, they both oh, kind of like came together yeah. like it was meant to be mm-hmm. wow yeah well, that is nice so um, why don't we do like a little brief 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 rundown about like the premise of the movie okay um, so if you haven't seen it but you want to kind of just like hear the podcast episode we'll try to you know give you some context so yeah but also i think we wanted to include a trigger warning uh with this episode because the whale is a really emotional film and we will be talking about some pretty intense themes today including disordered eating patterns um, strained parent-child relationships, abandonment, trauma, um, and suicide. So mm-hmm. we did just want to give that little warning um, because it is intense. And even if you haven't watched the film yet, um, again, do so, but just be aware it's intense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I definitely was feeling a lot of emotions throughout the movie. Yeah. And it's really interesting that we both left the movie feeling very different, Mm -hmm. but very strong feelings. So we'll talk about that. Um, So the premise I recall from this movie, again, I feel like I was so angry at the end. I've like blocked some things out, which is interesting. Um, But basically we see this very obese man. um, And I don't know, we wanted to talk about like even what terminology we Mm -hmm. wanted to use to talk about his character. Yeah. So, I mean, there is like kind of a, I guess, a split field, um, with just like how to refer to someone who's in like a much larger body. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, some people would prefer just to be called fat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is a fat man. Mm-hmm. Um, other people, I think, prefer to use more like just medical terminology, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like with non-judgment, but just mm-hmm. kind of stating more like of like he the would facts. Most likely meet medical criteria Correct. for morbid obesity. Yep. yep. Um, so I think maybe we will use interchangeable language throughout mm-hmm. the podcast, whether we, you know, are referring to him as fat and a large body or morbidly obese. Yeah. And um, we'd be curious to hear yeah. your thoughts about what you think about yeah. these words and mm-hmm. terminology. Um, yeah. As we talk about mm-hmm. these tough issues. So anyway, Brendan Fraser plays Charlie. Um, who it looks like is a teacher yep. for like an online college writing mm-hmm. course. Um, and he also appears to be somewhat of a hermit. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole film takes place in his apartment. Yeah. My husband, you know, he's so witty. He kept saying like, well, I really saved money on the budget there. Yeah, I, I had that <laughs> thought after. And again, like such a, you know, quote unquote, like low budget film. Mm. Like, you know, there, there's not really per se, like, you know, these crazy special effects and right. like, you know, all of these sets. It's like they built this set, this his home, and, mm-hmm. and we really don't see anything outside of it. 
besides it's like, like one flashback mm-hmm. um so you know totally like a beach so mm-hmm, on the scene mm-hmm. but yeah it's it's like around the apartment it's in mm-hmm, the apartment it's mm-hmm. right outside his apartment door the parking lot of the apartment right and we didn't know for a while was it an apartment or a house mm, right yep. like we just start off right in the house yes. and in the home and then as the film moves on we see the different rooms mm-hmm. and like the one room he's kept locked and things like yeah. that um and then at some point I don't remember exactly how far into the movie, but not right away. We see that he's actually on the second floor. And so, again, that sort of was like, well, okay, now I see why he Mm -hmm. really doesn't leave because he has a lot of mobility trouble. Mm -hmm. Um, But so basically it seems like this film is sort of capturing the last week of his life. Right. That he is, you know, morbidly obese and dealing with all of the medical consequences that unfortunately Mm -hmm. come with that. As a physician, I thought they did a really good job accurately depicting that. Um, They depicted hypertensive um, emergency, you know, with his blood pressure being, I wrote it down, actually. (laughs) I was going to ask you. I wrote it down, too. In my uh, notes, Mm -hmm. um, my first note was, whoa, he's masturbating. That was a surprise. Just real quick. Yep. Um, and then the next one's blood pressure was 238 over 134. And I have three exclamation points because that is so scary high. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, normal blood pressure is around 120 over 80. Um, so that is really high. And, and as physicians, we really worry about the bottom number, the diastolic number. I mean, we worry about both, but especially the diastolic number. Like we worry about it when it's between 90 and 100. So 134 is like really, really scary high. Like he could have a stroke. Mm. He could have a heart attack. He could, all of the things. Um, and then you see him like, I think in the, you know, as he ejaculates or something, you know, he like, I thought was having a heart attack. Yeah. You know, he's wheezing, he's sweating. Um, he's grabbing his chest, like he's having chest pain. He's like moving his left arm, yep. indicating it's radiating down there. And I was like, oh my God, he's having a heart attack. He's not going to die because then the movie will be over. But this is like really accurate. Sure. Yeah. Um, and then with his wheezing and his friend who comes over to listen to him, um, immediately I thought he's, he's probably in heart failure and it, you know, his legs are swollen. Mm-hmm. All of it was really accurate. Right. Um, so again, from a medical perspective, I thought they did a really good job portraying that. And the struggles of living in such a large body, yeah. like with the walker, with the wheelchair, um, with all the um, assistive devices, like mm-hmm. the Hoyer lift to get in and out of the bed, um, things to grab things from, you know, up high or down low. Um, I would, he alludes at some point to having like bed sores and things like that, which is probably true if you're not able to sure. move around too much. Um, so I did think that was spot on. Yeah. And I think kind of right away we are introduced to the to like a couple, you know, again, like not a big cast. So right. there's, there's like five mm-hmm. characters. So there's um Brendan Fraser who's Charlie. Mm-hmm. And then there is his um friend, it seems like longtime friend, um, mm-hmm. who is a nurse, I I believe, or some kind of medically trained. She person. looks like a nurse, Liz, yeah. I think was her name. She was nominated, I believe. Yes, um, played by mm-hmm. Hong Chow. Yep. And then Thomas, who is this like traveling um missionary seems like, but then there's a little bit of a twist at the Mm -hmm. end. Um, His daughter, um, who's played by Sadie Singh. Ellie. And then uh, we briefly see um, Charlie's ex-wife and mm-hmm. Sadie Sinks or um, Lily's or Ellie's. Mom, Ellie's mom, Mary, mm-hmm. who was played by Samantha Morton. Yep. And then we also have Dan, um, I believe was the name of his partner. Um, right? Yep. And then a little brief um, character of the delivery person. Yes, the delivery yeah. person. Yeah. That's right. Yep. Um, yeah. So I got kind of sidetracked uh, summarizing the plot. Um, did you have anything you wanted to add before we yep. dive so into he, it? Um, so we kind of get the feeling that he is a little bit of a hermit. Mm-hmm. Um, his apartment is really dark, like windows mm-hmm. um, shades are drawn. Um, a lot of clutter. Yep. Yep. Maybe like kind of hoarding, but not like kind of hoarding. Yeah. Um, and then we see him teaching. He doesn't have his camera off. So I'm, I'm kind of getting the feeling that he has some shame uh, Mm -hmm. right about like Mm -hmm. his appearance um but because like it's kind of demonstrated to us like the camera does work it's just kind of like a choice that he's not putting it on Mm -hmm. i i at first thought is this during covid i did too (laughs) i did too yeah um so you know my first thoughts were like whoa there's masturbating um is this during covid and then i was like wow like really um interesting timing like um so those were like my (laughs) yeah Kind of back and forth. So a anyway, lot of intense feelings right away. Yep. We start to see his health like seriously decline. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like he um, 
appears at first to not want to get medical help because of worries for cost. Mm -hmm. We learn later, like uh, some other information around that, but that's what he's telling Liz to not go to the hospital because she is encouraging him. Right. So Liz, who at first we think of as like his friend, she's always showing up in scrubs. She has a stethoscope. She seems to be a nurse. Um, She works night shifts, you know, things like that. Like she's sort of like being his nurse Mm -hmm. and medical caretaker, which I kept thinking like, what a hard position for her to be in. Sure. Um, but I know, like, toward the end, they were like, oh, wait, you do have this money? You could go to the hospital? Let's be real. The level of care he would need is, like, ICU level of care. That is crazy expensive. Mm-hmm. Like, his bill would be astronomical. Yeah. Like, the 140 grand or something that he has would not cover it. It may but be, like, two days. is you can afford health insurance, insurance. Oh, like, okay there we like, go yeah right yeah, yeah, now yeah. you know mm-hmm. I'm, i feel like that's also something that i wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about <laughs> it's just like health insurance and kind of from our perspectives um mm. his potential barriers or just like potential yeah. systemic barriers but but my thought was really like um he might not qualify for like um medicaid, medicaid. maybe he does make too much but mm-hmm. then I would assume that there is some kind of supplemental insurance or that he would mm-hmm. be paying into something. And again, even if he was paying into, um, you know, like a high deductible and his deductible was like $15,000, that's, that's way true. less than, right? Like that's uh, true. hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars of, of his bill. So it's that's like, so true. Yeah. that's where I was um, like a little angry. Yeah. Kind of like it felt like a yeah. little bit of misinformation while I'm very aware that health insurance can be wildly costly and there's a lot 100%. of people who need better care and that's a barrier. So like, you know, I think I'm trying to balance like both sides of the coin. But I think that is sort of the mixed feelings mm. Charlie stirs up in you, at least yeah. for me, is like you get so frustrated with him that he's not like getting help right. or taking the help that's being offered. Um, and I think that's actually a really good example mm-hmm. of that. Like you do have the funds to get health insurance. Like he said, like his expenses are very minimal yep. at that point. Um, at somewhere along the way, he could have gotten some help um, and he hasn't. And so that stirs up some really kind of icky feelings, mm-hmm. at least in me. I was feeling really angry with him for yeah. a lot of the movie. Yeah. And I think that that anger is magnified because, you know, mm-hmm. again, a part of the storyline is that he is kind of choosing to step back into his daughter's life, which mm-hmm. appears that he like abandoned her when she was eight, eight I believe, right. um, and kind of left that family to um, be have a partner. It appears that he is gay mm-hmm. and maybe like was in that relationship as his ex-wife discusses because you just wanted a child. Mm. Um, she says that at one point in the movie but again or maybe he hadn't really even like come out to himself mm-hmm. yet. i mean these that we see this yeah you know like oh, this totally happens right so again it's like gosh this movie really stirs up a lot mm-hmm. of big feelings yeah. you know because it's like you understand the wife's perspective because they were married they had this daughter and all of a sudden he leaves to be with a man um and like i couldn't tell if the wife didn't want him in the daughter's life. And that's why he stayed away. Cause he kept trying to say like, I sent you letters. I send you money. I would ask about you. Your mom didn't want me around. I couldn't tell how true that was. Right. Or if he's sort of saying that, I don't know. What were your thoughts about that? Um, I wonder if like initially she was so angry, you know, rightfully so that, um, and, and maybe just based on the time where they live and like embarrassed, right. right? And like right. that anger and then embarrassment kind of, you know, cause I guess he tried to get custody, shared custody, whatever. Mm-hmm. And she fought him for that. Right, so she exactly. has full custody. So I don't know if he then like interpreted some of those things as I'm out. Right. Um, or if she did like keep the daughter right. away and I couldn't tell right. like, um, I can't remember where they all lived. Like, I couldn't tell, like, how was being gay viewed, right. like, in their in their town, in their culture, in their religion. Like, it sounded like Charlie was part of this, like, what was it called? New Life yeah. um, religion, or at least his partner was. So was that, like, the religion everyone is sort of a part of mm-hmm. in their area? And are they um, against uh, homosexuality that was unclear but for whatever reason he wasn't in his daughter's right. life effectively yeah. 
Um, and then he like makes contact again now at the end of his life. And And it seems like it is behind like the the mom's mom's back. Mm -hmm. And, and I do remember actually there was some like alluding to that it was, I I don't want to say like illegal is not the right word, but, um, like not part of the custody agreement or should not be reaching out. Like she could call the police on him for doing that. That's, that was the sense I got too. So that was where I was like. Something went down, mm-hmm. you know, it, it seemed like it was more severe than just like he left. Yeah. Like, it seemed like there was a really firm line drawn, unclear exactly why, mm-hmm. but it was drawn. Yeah. And then, um, so we learned a little bit that he had um, left this family to be with a student. Mm-hmm. And so at first, like, you mm-hmm. know, right immediately, I was like, oh, like, is that why? Like, is he yes, now like, what kind I of like, a sexual predator? Right. I wondered how um, old on the was sex the registry student. list. But that's it what seems I like he was teaching adult classes. So mm-hmm. it was more of like an ethical issue mm-hmm. that he was maybe let go for than like a um, legal issue. You know, like you should, you're in a position of power, but mm-hmm. they, but the, you're both can like adults, right? But I had that thought too. I was like, is that why the line was yes. so firm with the custody yeah. or, or yep. something like that? Um, but, but I think he said that Dan was in grad school and it was like night classes, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. And it wasn't he like wasn't currently in his classes at the mm-hmm. time when they got together. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, so he was he's telling all of this to his daughter. So he, by the way, who he hasn't spoken to right. since she was eight and now she's a senior right. and like just hey, yeah. let me lay all this on right. you. So, so then kind of the second part of the film appears to just be around like his interactions with, um, his daughter, Ellie, Mm -hmm. um, and then occasionally with Thomas, who is like, you know, this traveling again, we believe to be missionary and, um, Liz, his Mm -hmm. nurse, like that's it. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it gets very emotionally intense. intense. Yeah. Um, so why don't you want to start talking about his daughter a little bit? Fine. I have a lot of angry feelings okay. toward Charlie yeah. for the way he interacts with his daughter. Um, so Ellie, I thought, was like really angry, um, really feisty. Um, it seemed like at you know she was at risk of failing out of school, and he wanted to help her. Um, so I can't remember now exactly like how he got her to come over that first time. Did he? Sent her a message or something saying he had money for her, or do you remember? I think he, I don't think he initially said that he had money for her because he then says, like, I'll pay you. Mm-hmm. And then that's where she kind of chooses, appearingly so on the surface, mm-hmm. to stay mm-hmm. or to keep coming back. But it sounds like that was new information to her. Yeah. And it sounds like, you know, he is an English teacher. Um, and throughout the film, there is um, a lot of significance to this, like, paragraph about the whale from Moby Dick, right? And um, Thomas, the traveling, yes. I keep wanting to say traveling salesman, <laughs> but that's not what he was. Well, <laughs> traveling, like, missionary, um, like, comes in while he's masturbating and then having a, it seems like a mini heart attack right. or something. Um and he asks him to read this paragraph to sort of ground him and like bring him back and and everything. And it's not till the very end of the movie that we learn that Ellie wrote that mm-hmm. um, when she was much younger. And he's always kept it and like read it. And I think it really resonates with him. Yeah. Um, again, being, you know, what some people would call a whale, like just based on his large size. Mm-hmm. I think in a lot of ways it resonated with him. Um, and... He sort of starts to say that he will help Ellie um, rewrite her essays so that she doesn't fail her English class. And then Ellie wants him to write them for her. And he kind of agrees, um, I think, in an effort to keep seeing her. Mm -hmm. And there's this, like, tension or, or, you know, thought, I think, in his mind throughout the whole film about, you know, like, is Ellie a a good person or a bad person? And, like, even her mom toward the end is, like, she's terrible, (laughs) like... You know, I've had a really hard time raising her. You left me with her all on my own. And now you're coming in and going behind my back. And you told her about the money. She's going to spend it all and blah, 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 blah. Um, But she's very provocative. She really gets under um, everyone's skin, especially Thomas. Um, And I'm curious what your thoughts were about this, like, the final thing they talk about with her, like, sort of telling Thomas's family if that was, like, a good thing or a bad thing or we don't really know. Yeah, I think she did a really good job in the role. Mm -hmm. Um, And 
I know her from Taylor Swift's 10 minute version. Um, she's oh. in it all too well, like the movie with Dylan oh. O'Brien and also Stranger Things. But oh. um, I really like Zadie. I, I recognized her name. So I thought that some of the things that she were say- she was saying to Charlie, her dad, you know, like you could feel how hurtful they were. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like she really knows where to hit you. Yes. Like lying um, and disgusting. Yeah. And even if you weren't that you know yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. um you know and that made me feel really sad like i think um but but kind of throughout that i feel like ellie was just so sad you're right right and like abandoned i think on paper like she almost feels a little bit like um odd Mm-hmm. And then maybe like moving into some conduct disorder mm-hmm. with the mm-hmm. like dead animal stuff. Oh um, yeah, I forgot then about with, that. So on her Instagram page, she has like pictures of a dead dog, mm-hmm. and then she has this knife at one point, and it like almost feels mm-hmm. like she's going to kill the bird mm-hmm. that's outside mm-hmm. his window. And so like again, you know, I think just like on paper, it feels like a little bit, you know, like like where is this going to go? Right? Like, it, is, does she have like antisocial personality right. disorder? Is she growing into that, right. or is this like trauma? Right. So I, I feel like, you know, it's trauma. I I think it could also be both. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. I think at this point I have a really big like heart for teens. I feel like I've (laughs) worked with many. Yeah. Um, And I just kind of, you know, my heart breaks for her because she she keeps coming back. Right. She's like so mean and and trying to push him away. But then she keeps coming back. She doesn't leave. You know, at one point I think she's going to leave. But then she like goes back and sits in the chair and does what he says. She like writes him. She's like, I'm going to make you a sandwich. No, it's not going to be big. But then she's like doing these things for him. So again, it's like she wants wants so badly deep down right yes. to be like parented and loved yes. and supported like and all children want yes. right a hundred percent i thought it was uh, like such a chilling sense you know you get goosebumps everywhere such a good portrayal yeah. of just a really difficult parent-child mm-hmm. relationship mm-hmm. um and i think like with her coming in and confronting the person she feels like abandoned her who did like you see why she feels yeah. that way right um, whatever the reasons are, he wasn't there. Right. Period. Um, and now coming back. And of course, you know, I feel like she's just all her anger and yelling and acting out is just like externalizing mm-hmm. all of her yes. pain rather than internalizing it. Right. Which it seems like Charlie internalizes his pain mm-hmm. um, by binge eating. And, you know, we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what made me so angry about this movie, and maybe it's supposed to, is that he comes into her life when he knows he's dying. Yeah. You know, so it's like... And, and who, for who him, is that for? Right, for himself. Right, like to see... Her. That, that she is okay. It's like you don't want to make her okay. Right. You're just like checking back into her life to to make sure you did one thing right. And it's, it's like for it's you. It just seems so selfish. Yeah. I, I was going to read, you know, my final notes here on my, my notes app. At the very end, I wrote... And ended movie feeling really, really angry. Didn't cry at all. Is he the most selfish person ever? Help seeking, help rejecting, reconnecting with his daughter to die in front of her. Yeah. I was so angry. I remember like furiously typing this mm-hmm. in my notes tab. Um, because I was just like, God, that is, you abandoned her all over again. And she saw, like, she sees him die. Like he has like the final heart attack in front of her while she's reading the whale right. to him. Which, which oh, again, wow. like he, and let's just talk about like, um, Oh, I'm so mad. I don't know if there's a name <laughs> for it. We could probably call it something. But, like, he is openly rejecting, like, help, help at the cost of then traumatizing people. Everyone around him. Like, like literally. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, to watch someone die. Even if it's, you know, like... <laughs> a an uncomplicated death you know you're you're in the hospital you're saying goodbyes to your grandparent who's a hundred years right. old they're on hospice like, that it's is the beautiful still it's still so hard. traumatic right. and like really really you know diff- like hard to watch so, right. so watching your father who is not you a hundred years old and who's refusing you know don't call them don't call them even in that moment I know. don't call you right just read me this letter instead is like i just feel so abusive it does yeah. right that's why i was so mad yeah that i was like i don't like charlie yeah like he should have like, i mean in in we, even within the traumatic the traumatic end and his um apparently like, rejection of her and abandonment of her it's like he should have asked her to leave 
Like, right. don't, like, leave. It, don't let her watch you literally die. Literally and, die. And force her to, to read. read this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, yes. I was so angry. So, I don't know. This movie stirred up so much anger in me. Um, I know, Portia, after you watched it, you texted me like, oh, my God, I'm crying. I'm so glad I watched this during the day yeah. so I can, like, decompress mm-hmm. and, and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I did not shed one tear. Yeah. Like, I am so full of rage over here. Like, I was, like, sad for everyone. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, obviously, I'm angry at what he did. But, like, it felt a little bit like an assisted suicide. Um, like, he yes. knew he was going to die. Um he, like any day and i think he was kind of just waiting for his heart to give out right you know um but also i think like if we replaced obesity and binge eating with drug yes use, yes i yep that's exactly right? the example i was thinking like mm-hmm. I, I kept feeling for liz and then i'm like and you're enabling him like you're bringing these huge subs and and all and like by by listening to him when he says like don't call for help yeah. and putting yourself in that role like you you're part of the problem, but I understand why you keep mm-hmm. coming. It's so complicated. Um, so I was really just fascinated by who whoever's choice it was yeah. to use obesity or, or binge eating as the diagnosis, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I was curious, Portia, about your thoughts, you know, as someone who does a lot of work with patients with disordered eating about the depiction of his eating habits yeah. and things like that. I think it's, um, I I guess I would start off with like everyone to a degree has a different presentation with Mm -hmm. eating disorders, period. Mm -hmm. Like what, what it's use used for, Mm -hmm. whether it's coping or almost like a little bit of self-harm. This felt a little Mm -hmm. bit like self-harm or avoidance. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And at times, I think in the bitch, it was coping. Mm-hmm. So we, I thought we saw kind of two parts mm-hmm. with um, use of kind of food being, you know, what we're supposed to be kind of watching and thinking about. So one was him eating like a large, um, you see, like a binge of fried chicken. Right. And, you know, and he's eating a lot of it. And, you know, that feels like to me almost a little bit more like self-harm mm-hmm. like you're kind of intentionally at this point like you're you're kind of dying it's almost like i was getting the feeling like he was hoping that like by doing this he might speed it up or speed something. it up die um and then in the other part of the binge so it seems like it was triggered by which this to me feels very common i thought this was like an amazing yes. depiction yep. so throughout the movie we see this almost like relationship build between him, him and, and his, the delivery yeah. driver so the delivery driver seems like at at times like concerned right mm-hmm. there's this person in this house i never see them um I, I i would imagine the person is maybe thinking the person inside is depressed maybe a hoarder maybe elderly like unable to get up some something yeah, like that so i just a had a empathy. thought that Portia, like when you were like what is this covid i was like oh, oh yeah, but yeah. if this was covid then we wouldn't think it <laughs> mm-hmm. was weird not to right. open your door for the delivery man right right it's interesting and this timing. was um just little fact this was this was pre-covid and it was seems like it was around the time of the um 2016 election um we see some of the news um clippings oh, between right, like right, hillary right. and donald trump you're right you're right so and um they i saw an article about like they chose that intentionally it was supposed to be like um into that in 2009 they wanted the movie placed in but then they moved hmm. it up i, I don't oh, know I, that it impacted it too much like I, I don't that wasn't like something i was paying attention to but anyway yeah. so 
over time, like the delivery driver is kind of like talking to him more. They mm. get his name. And so it seems like at one point, Charlie like feels comfortable enough to like go to the door, open it and well, like see him. I don't think he I, I thought I don't think it was that he felt comfortable enough. I thought he would like be like, oh, the money's out there. Take it. He leaves it. And then he waits a certain number of minutes right. and then goes to get it. I thought the delivery driver stayed back. Oh, you to do? See, yeah, who it okay. was. That's, so that's interesting. No, we have different takes. No, that's probably right. I well, feel like I... I don't know. Maybe of course, I, I, don't, I don't know if there's a right or wrong. Okay. It's just, you know, how we <laughs> interpret the film, right? So he goes to the door and um, the delivery driver sees him and appears to be, like, really disgusted and, like, does not engage. Um, Charlie sees that he sees him and appears to be, like, disgusted mm-hmm. and not engaged and kind of, you know, he kind of, like, runs away. Mm-hmm. And so Charlie goes back inside and starts to binge. Yeah. And this, I feel like, is a pretty typical um, binge episode. Like, there's a trigger mm-hmm. of something that's emotional, emotional. Um, that, that associated typically with a negative emotion, shame, or guilt. Right. And then you proceed to start coping quote unquote Mm -hmm. by eating um a really large amount of food right Mm -hmm. so i think again like and yes there is all different kinds of binges sometimes people you know large or small but like this really is like this is a a binge like a clinical clinically defined binge episode and i think like for me, I, I found myself feeling really uncomfortable and sick, mm-hmm. like almost like physically sick watching him eat. And I'm like, I'm sure they did this on purpose, but I, yeah. you know, just like the way he was like eating so fast, he could barely yep. breathe. He starts to get sweaty and red and he's like drooling. And there's that really intense scene where he's choking yeah. on the meatball and just all of it. I felt like, and I'm just getting chills again, like talking about it, I think just speaks to the intense emotions driving yes. that behavior. Yep. Um, that I just thought again was like really, really accurately depicted and really stirs up those feelings in the viewer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he is eating really rapidly. He's eating like multiple, like kind of like, you know, an odd mix of food, right? So like going into the fridge, putting on different condiments. Um, like the things that don't belong together, like jelly with mayonnaise and Mm -hmm. and like that is binge eating, Right. right? You're like, you're not eating like third helping a cake right you're eating like a whole loaf of bread Mm -hmm. or like just sort of Mm -hmm. kind of odd odd things so it's it's rapid and we see it kind of end with um he like unintentionally throws Mm -hmm. up Mm -hmm. um and again like that that is a difference between like a self-induced purge uh where you're trying to kind of get rid of it that would be more along the lines of like bulimia Mm -hmm. but you know you can end a binge with something like throwing up and that's not considered bulimia because it's not intentional yeah um and you know it's kind of all over him again like it does (sighs) bring up feelings of like disgust right like and I think that's kind of intentional intentional for the movie. Like we, they really want you to see that he is just like suffering. So, so yes. the thing that I took away oh, and I think <laughs> why I'm feeling I a little more empathy as you end end is that I just felt like his death almost to me felt like a suicide. Yes. And that is where I think a lot of my, my like empathy came from. I think what he did to Ellie is horrible. And I think that's why like I really cried. I think I yeah. cried like the last 10 minutes. I could feel it like building. I was um, like dissociating from my body mm-hmm. from rage. Like I was just like watching it. Yeah. I was so angry that I was like, mm, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't, yeah, I can't get too close to this. Honestly, yeah. it was wild. Like the pain you could feel. I had to get, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's why I, it was like very impactful to 100%. me. percent. And um, I think too, like the whole story with Dan, his partner is so tragic. So it sounds like, and at some point I knew this was coming. Um, and this is where sometimes I feel like a genius, you know, when I'm like, I can anticipate the mm-hmm. storyline where I was like, oh my God, Dan is Liz's brother. Like I just, you know, had this I feeling. I didn't get that at all. Um, and then she, he was, but so anyway, so. <laughs> Because I was like, how does he know Liz? Like, he hasn't gone to a healthcare setting. It's not like she was his nurse and has, like, this inappropriate bond to him or, you know, like, continued trying to help him out of the hospital or something like that. Um, It's not like she was a student of his. You know, how does he know her? It doesn't seem like she's his neighbor, but maybe. But so it turns out that Liz was Dan's sister, and um, she was adopted into the family. And we sort of start to learn about this when the 
Thomas, the traveling missionary person, um, says he's from this church. And she was like, I hate that church. And we learned that, um, you know, the beliefs of that church, it sounds like, you know, when, when Dan and Charlie fell in love, Dan was so racked with guilt was my understanding, mm-hmm. um, because that like, wasn't okay in the eyes of the church that he ended up committing right. suicide. Um, and so then you're like, that's why they're so bonded because that was Liz's brother and mm-hmm. that was his partner. And you do see some photos of him like around his apartment and Charlie wasn't thin, thin as you would think. Like he was always maybe, um, living in a larger body, but not morbidly right. obese. And so to me, I then also started looking at his relationship with food as like his grief, like mm-hmm. a depiction yes. of his yes. grief and his guilt and shame yep. and almost like taking on literally the weight mm-hmm. of Dan's death. And in that way, kind of like paralleling Dan's suicide, like yep. you were saying, yep. right? Um, oh, it's just so intense. Yeah. So intense. I know. And I think it like... I don't want to say it's just classic, but like there's just, it's like such a common presentation with like mm-hmm. binge eating disorder. Yeah. Like there's so deeply rooted emotions typically of guilt and shame, grief, mm-hmm. um, rejection, really like, out of control. Right. So, so that, I don't know, that's just like kind, kind of my of guiding see how light. it can, it can spiral, right. right? Like he didn't put on that weight overnight. Right. It took years and mm-hmm. years and years and years. Um, and you imagine like, as that's happening, his world was probably getting smaller and smaller and right. smaller and smaller. Like he was staying more and more in the house. Mm-hmm. And that's just sort of like, you feel depressed yep. watching the movie. It's dark. His apartment is like cluttered. Mm-hmm. Um, he like showers to see his daughter, but otherwise you imagine he's not really keeping up with like his hygiene and like all the things. Right. And, and because it's hard to, yes, right. And it's like, physically challenging. It's, it's, it's a production to get mm-hmm. up and, you know, even use the bathroom. I know. And it was so sad to me when Ellie was like, get up and walk over oh here that gosh, first time. Yeah, I got teary watching that. Yeah. That made me, and then he felt, I mean, it just made me so uncomfortable. Like that was another feeling I had throughout most of the movie. It was just like discomfort in so many different ways. Yeah. And he repeatedly throughout the movie says, I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. like over and over again. And And Liz gets like so mad about it. Because like, you're not sorry. Like That's the thing. You you can be both, but it's like. He needs some DBT. Right. Mm -hmm. Because you're not, because you're, you're saying you're sorry, but you're not doing anything to like make it better for, for others even, not, you know, not even just for yourself, but. But I, I think, didn't get oh. the sense, again, I was so angry with him by the end, but I also look at him as being so traumatized and like, I didn't get the sense it was malicious. No. Right? Like, um, I just got the sense he was so hopeless yes. and depressed, but then I would be so frustrated with him um, to not take people up on the offer to help or get the insurance or have like sought help earlier Mm -hmm. on or like anything, but I'm just like, maybe he just felt like he didn't deserve that. Yeah. I think that's absolutely part of it. And I think I just like, I just frame the entire thing as a suicide. Right. And I think like you, Mm -hmm. like all of these feelings that we're talking about right now, you feel when someone like takes their life, right. You're like, how could you do that? How could you leave your, your, your family, your Mm -hmm. kids? Like, and there's really, you know, natural reactions that come up. Like you're selfish. Like, how could you choose that? Why wouldn't you reach out? Why wouldn't you go to the hospital? Like, Mm -hmm. why would you embark on a really planned, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and follow through event that leaves everyone like, just wrecked right like i don't think ellie's gonna be better right right like i don't think this is gonna help her right and i really was i think i was also so angry because you know so another sort of storyline throughout the movie was between ellie and thomas you know we get the sense at first that thomas is this like goody two-shoes um new life missionary um who like doesn't swear doesn't drink you know blah 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 um and that ellie's like being provocative Mm -hmm. and trying to poke him and trying to get him to smoke pot or she's going to call the police and say he raped her. Like she has all of these really provocative things um, and keeps taking his picture, which I thought was like so weird. Um, And she takes her dad's picture and posts it and has that really like 
just really in common. Right. Like just a lot of boundary violations, like on her part. Like at first I was like, she's giving me a lot of cluster B vibes, like you were saying. Um, But then her, you know, and then it turns out that this guy like was part of the church, but then like stole their money. So he ran away and now he's like ran out of the money. So he can't get back. And he's kind of lost. He's, he's full of guilt and shame and worried that Mm -hmm. his parents will reject him because of what he did. And so somehow she like sends the photos or something to his parents and they like welcome him back. They surprise him and actually say like, we don't care about the money. We just want you back. And he shows up like near the end of Charlie's life to tell him about this and that Ellie was like responsible for it. And Charlie internalizes it or interprets it as like, see, Ellie is good. But I was like, I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't don't think that that was hurt was good. (laughs) Right. Like, I don't think she was doing that in hopes that that would be the outcome. I think she was like trying to hurt it. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. No, that's what I got um, from that. And I, I thought that like, uh, like Ellie is just such a good example of how for some people, you know, like events that happen in childhood can lead to you know, and a, a later in life presentation, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I think at this point, and I'm, I'm very hopeful with kids and teens that, like, uh, if she sociopaths, it turns had, out, if you listen to our episodes yeah, about Joe Goldberg, that's yeah, my what, 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 what is it called? It's Your Achilles mine. heel. <laughs> so, um, I think you know, in a perfect world, if she could have worked. And, and, you know, if her father had stayed alive and, mm-hmm. you know, healed mm-hmm. his mental health and mm-hmm. health mm-hmm. Um, and she was able to get really good therapy and right. family therapy. Maybe even, like go to residential. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I think that there is a path for her, but I feel like his him her watching him die is not going to help having no like closure. And now it sounds like no guidance from mom. It seems like mom yes. is now checked out because she said to Charlie, like, I raised her and now and you gave her the money. Like, that's the best that we could do. Right. Like, it's done. It seems like mom really also gave up on her. So yeah. I felt like she was like duly yeah. abandoned. Yes. You know, yep. um, I just don't see like a great outlook for her. I don't either. And I don't think that was an act of like good right for thomas i think she was she's always trying to like hurt people right and you know? and i think what's scary and concerning is like it, it gets worse when you're an adult right yeah, and also just like there's means. more consequences mm-hmm. like you often as an adult are not referred to you know out of the juvenile justice system right in, in like like a residential instead of jail like right you're 18 and and if you do something i mean she's threatening like she's literally threatening thomas like you mm-hmm. can't tell someone that you have to smoke pot or i'm going to tell people that you raped me right like, that's wow, a very that's, an, that's a really i mean provocative is a great word it, right. like aggressive aggressive um, provocative it is threatening right exactly so i think you're right on the nose about her like totally being this like odd presentation odd by that we mean oppositional defiant mm-hmm. disorder um which is something that's diagnosed i think in teenagers yeah right yeah it's kind of like the prerequisite to then conduct disorder mm-hmm. which is like a little bit um worse it's like you know people children specifically and teens who like you know are very um hurtful of others intentionally and right. typically there's a little extra layer there like you're setting fires or mm-hmm. you have killed like a small animal. animal so you know i mean it's it's very concerning and you know the difference this is yes. like the important yep. thing we talked yep. about again back in you if you haven't listened yet please go back and listen um but this is the flavor of the type of personality that unfortunately will become mm-hmm. um, antisocial yep. personality disorder with a lot of criminality. Like, you mm-hmm. know, the difference between right and wrong and you want to do wrong. Right. You want to hurt other people. And a lot of times kids who meet this criteria do have a trauma history mm-hmm. and you're like, you were so hurt. Now you yeah. want to hurt others, you know? And so it's just, oh. it was interesting that it was a daughter. Yeah. I feel like yeah. oftentimes we see this in boys, yep. right? Like boys are more often diagnosed with that. Girls are more often diagnosed with like borderline personality mm-hmm. disorder. So it's interesting to see a depiction in a girl. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Um, hmm. Oh God, I need a shower. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the movie is just like, I think it, it really just made good. me, I mean, it just made me sad. It just made me feel really, really like everyone was suffering so deeply. Yeah. And no one, I, you know, even Liz, right? So she finds oh. out at the end um, because Mary, um, right, is that his ex wife's name? I think so. Yeah. Something like that. Because um, she kind of 
does bring up the fact that he has, I think, like around $120,000. Something like that, yeah. Um, which, again, he's planning to leave to Ellie. And Liz is just like, what? so you were able to get like, health I insurance could, this whole time. Um, and she talks about her car, right? right. So that at some point she was walking in the snow right. and rain to him to bring him things. And she was just, you could see, so hurt Mm-hmm. that he a was not helping himself but also like her like and i think that the charlie liz relationship is a really good depiction of a codependent relationship mm-hmm. right because they're each enabling each other and getting yep. their own kind of psychological need met yep. i don't know what do you think and have a shared i think to, yeah they have also shared that shared trauma. trauma that they're both like using each other to cope with and again it's not you know I feel like that sounds bad, but it's mm-hmm. just like we also just do that. We right. we We're find humans. ways to cope, and they right. are using and coping with each other, and in, in you know, in an unhealthy way. Right. What did you think about the moment when um, Charlie was sitting? Um, he was sitting down, and Mary kind of came over and was putting like her head mm. on his chest, and they were just kind of like having that moment. I honestly don't remember it because oh. I think I was so angry by the end. I blocked out a okay. lot of, I guess, yeah. tender moments. I thought it was like she was kind of saying goodbye. Probably. Yeah. 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 I could see. I mean, I think they all knew who. I don't know if Ellie understood he was dying. Oh, we didn't talk about um, her giving him the Ambien. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, again, like. <laughs> yes. I mean, these are the things that like, wow. are, like cross over from like being a rebellious teen and like mm-hmm. not listening to mom and dad's rules and breaking curfew to like egregious right behavior right you know like literally drugging someone right <laughs> like you could have killed him yeah you know and then it also gave a sense that like mom is maybe taking a lot of pills mm-hmm. or something at home and i think drinks a lot yeah. she said so also not really checked in mm-hmm. um oh god it was just so sad i think i just really get sad when kids are abandoned by their parents i think that's hard for me to watch um all right well any other final thoughts about this movie so when we were talking about um charlie's size and you know Mm -hmm. it definitely does take time to get Mm -hmm. into this position and i wanted to point out like in all ways right like Mm -hmm. mentally Mm -hmm. um physically it's like Mm -hmm. this isn't um something that a a um large size of chicken wings does right it's right. it's repetitive behaviors over and over and over again kind of in always with also a lot of healthcare avoidance yes and i think you know there's there's a double edged sword to that so i think a lot of people in larger bodies feel a lot of shame mm-hmm. and can experience um like fat phobia yes in even settings. for medical professionals 100% yeah. so there's a lot of avoidance um which which is really too bad because that's like if you were with a provider who was really offering like support and mm-hmm. guidance in a non-judgmental and shameful way, but maybe even just like the same information, like you would mm-hmm. feel more comfortable going, yeah. you know, if you get to your healthcare setting and it's, you know, like it was a challenge to write, walk into the building, get up, take up the elevator, walk into the door. And then, and then you find that there's no chair that you can sit in, right? Yes. Because there, it's not big enough for you. It's like all of these little small kind of micro, um, aggression oh, right, and, right, oppre- and oppress- oppression um really kind of sets the Affect sets the psyche. tone and makes people not go so yeah i think you know i just wanted to talk about like having fatty food does not necessarily lead to, lead, this. Lead right. to this it's right. it's a really significant like mental health part mm-hmm. um and kind of a multifaceted um place that a person is in to get here right right yeah. and i think again i kept wondering about like why did they pick morbid obesity over drug use, cutting, drinking, you know, these other things we think about as Mm self-harming types of behaviors that you think you could develop in response to like a tragic loss like this. Um, We see that depicted a lot more in the Mm -hmm. media than something like this. So I think maybe that is why it all, Mm -hmm. you know, struck a nerve for everyone. And I thought overall they did a remarkable job portraying binge eating mm-hmm. the medical consequences that would come from living in a morbidly obese body mm-hmm. um and all the all the big feelings that he was probably feeling is what gets stirred up in us as right. we're watching it right. which was really fascinating yeah um yeah it's something we talk about a lot and i think is important and i hope we keep reiterating with our show is, you know, bodies come in all different shapes and sizes. Um, and unfortunately the medical field can be 
inherently fat shaming. You know, if you adhere too much to like the BMI standards, which as it turns out, like aren't really predictive of overall health and longevity. Mm -hmm. I think there is some evidence that um, people with a on the lower end of like the overweight BMI are sometimes healthier, you know, yeah. they, they might not have high cholesterol or yep. high blood pressure and things like that. And it, you know, a lot of people with a lot of muscle mass weigh more. And so BMI is really not that yeah. accurate, but it's something a lot yeah. of people use. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, uh, you know, some of the the advice that I give is really just kind of following what and, and you know, to a degree, like what your lab work says. And like, mm-hmm. if you are eating in general, a balanced diet, and you're moving your body in a way that feels good to you, and you're and you're living kind of a lifestyle that feels good, and your lab work is, is good, and you, you're not having like health issues, it's like, you're probably okay, right? You know, and, and I think it's it that's so true, like people who appear and, and are in many other ways, like very physically healthy can have really high cholesterol, because it's genetic. And exactly. you know, there's there's parts to all of this. So exactly. I find that very thing. interesting. Yeah. That's the other thing is like, even if you do all those things, yep. if you have a family history, you still might develop mm-hmm. it. Like you could be thin and still get diabetes yep. because you're genetically predisposed. It doesn't, it's not only like a yeah. quote unquote, like fat person yep. disease. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I think we feel really strongly yeah. about that. <laughs> Yeah. But this movie was intense. You know, how would you rate it? One to five, like five stars, four stars, four and a half. I think for sure five stars. Um, I mean, I don't know that I want to watch it again because it was, it was intense. I don't know if I could, not for any near future. I feel like I've been like anticipating recording this all week and now I feel like legit like a weight is off my back, which again is just really interesting. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, yeah, it was remarkable. I'm, I'm glad he won the Oscar. Yep. Really well deserved. Um, and I hope he keeps acting. Yeah, I, I see hope what to he see does more. next. Mm-hmm. And like, if he wants to come on the podcast, like, <laughs> you're invited. Yeah, we'd love that. <laughs> well, thanks so much for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you would like, we would love for you to follow us on Instagram mm-hmm. at Analyze Scripts. And if you could rate, review, and subscribe and share to with our, five people. Yep, our channels <laughs> on um, Spotify. It seems like it's pretty active as well as apple. apple music the most out of kind of all the yeah, other places but, but we, we are, are everywhere yes we are everywhere, everywhere. <laughs> if you wanted to go subscribe literally everywhere feel free all right we'll see you next time bye bye this podcast and its contents are a copyright of analyzed scripts all rights reserved any redistribution or reproduction of part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited Unless you want to share it with your friends and rate, review, and subscribe. That's fine. All stories and characters discussed are fictional in nature. No identification with actual persons, living or deceased, places, buildings, or products is intended or should be inferred. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. The podcast and its contents do not constitute professional, mental health, or medical advice. Listeners might consider consulting a mental health provider if they need assistance with any mental health problems or concerns. As always, please call 911 or go directly to your nearest emergency room for any psychiatric emergencies. Thanks for listening and see you next time. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 
This podcast and its contents are a copyright of Analyzed Scripts, all rights reserved. Any redistribution or reproduction of part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited. Unless you want to share it with your friends and rate, review, and subscribe, that's fine. All stories and characters discussed are fictional in nature. No identification with actual persons, living or deceased, places, buildings, or products is intended or should be inferred. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. The podcast and its contents do not constitute professional, mental health, or medical advice. Listeners might consider consulting a mental health provider if they need assistance with any mental health problems or concerns. As always, please call 911 or go directly to your nearest emergency room for any psychiatric emergencies. Thanks for listening and see you next time.